the first pick in the 2018 NFL Draft. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. All right, we're here again on Cleveland Sports Fanatics. Your host, Nick Moore, here with co-host Owen Hernan. How you doing today, Owen? I'm doing great. we got a good show for you today. We're going to talk about Greg Robinson, the NFL Combine, and then some of the big baseball news, and then NCAA Conference Tournament's coming up. So, good show. So, first off, Greg Robinson. Bigger deal than a lot of Browns fans think. So, basically what it means is we're solidifying the offensive line we had last year. They gave up almost, I think it was zero sacks down the like down the stretch of the season, so between the last eight games, yeah, yeah, so great a lot because Freddie is play calling, so it should be really good. Evan, the move was like one year, seven million, with like two million incentives, so it's going to be a bigger deal than a lot of people think. I, I kind of, well, I'm not gonna say I don't like it, but I like it because we don't have to draft at least an offensive lineman that high. Yeah, because we, so we've all been talking about the replacement for Joe Thomas, but we all knew that. Like, he would retire someday, but we yeah. never actually went out and got someone. That's what, I'm not going to say we were screwed, but, like, we... I was, it's the most Browns thing you can think of. We were we had Desmond Harrison, undrafted rookie at the beginning of the season. Like they re, I don't know if you know this, but they replayed the Jets game this week Yeah. on Thursday, and I was watching that. And I'm like looking, I'm like, Tyrod Taylor, Desmond Harrison. I'm like, oh, my God, no wonder we didn't win with this roster. It was bad. What I think is so interesting is there's been quarterbacks that have gone out and said that... Inside pressure is worse than outside pressure because I think it was Mike Mayock, now the new GM of the Raiders, said like he interviewed every quarterback. They said like getting up the middle to deep tackle is the worst. That's where the Browns or the Browns are really good at. Two Pro Bowl guards, a great center and treader. So now we're trying to work on the tackles. So we couldn't replace Thomas efficiently. So now with we kind of found a diamond in the rough with Greg Robinson because like all the talent was there, he just couldn't put it together. Now he did. So, one of those prove-it deals that you see all the time, like Tyran last year, just see, like, hey, can you keep it up? Then you just want to get a big payday. Because we already gave Chris Hubbard a great deal. Five years, $36 millions. I mean, great for him because he didn't really live up to it. All right, what do you think about Combine now? Who stands out to you? What are you looking at, like, as a Browns fan's perspective? I think we need to get DK Metcalf. His Combine was just outstanding. 6'3", 225, a 4'3", combine, third fastest of everyone. I mean, he was a – he's just a freak of an athlete. Well, he's kind of like his – well, let's see. So he's related to Terry. He's like a little bit of Terry, a little bit of Eric, and a little bit of his dad. And his dad played – he's got like the strength of his dad who played, who played either offense or defensive line. Eric Metcalf, he's got like the hands and the agility. Yeah. Then you got the strength and the uh, quickness of – Terry, and then you also got the fact that you know he plays wide receiver. He's a real wild card for the draft. Here's why I say it: because he has he's a lot of like Rashawn Gary also on this draft. Just physical freak. You can kind of put him, you can kind of mold into the player you want. Because like Rashawn Gary had like awful year, like only like three sacks, and he's probably gonna be a top ten pick just because of his size and power. And it's a lot similar with DK Metcalf as well. He has the size, the speed, route running. But the thing is, he only had, like, 500 yards last year. Like, he did not have a good year. But just, like, all the physical abilities, you really wonder, him and Baker, I mean, what can it be? You also got to put that, you know, we're not looking for the guy who needs, like, you know, we're not looking for that 1,000-yard receiver, Russell, just looking for, like, you know, a third-down type receiver like Joe. Someone to keep the drives going. Like Joe Jarevicius type back in 2008, yep. 
I'm looking at Paris Campbell just because, you know, I'm not going to say his quickness, but, like, yeah. so we, Jalen, we, last week we talked about how we signed Jalen Strong. Yeah. You know, I thought that was a pretty good signing. Like, I don't think we really need to take – I really don't know what we need. Well, I do know what we need. We talked about linebacker last week. But, um, yeah. like, there's not really definitive, like – There's we, not a we, clear we, number we, one for uh, Yes, like, we'd go out in the draft. We used to be, oh, we need a quarterback. Like, when we drafted yeah. Braylon – when we drafted Braylon Edwards, we would be like, "Oh, we need a receiver." We'd go out and get Braylon Edwards. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't really know. All I know is that Paris Campbell ran the fastest forty of four three one right now. Yeah. And then DK Metcalf is tied for third with four three three, which man, that's fine. Yeah, it's just crazy. I think another name that we should be paying attention to coming up is uh, the Quinn Williams of a Montez Sweat. So Quinn Williams probably going to be a top five pick, but his just like he's just a freak. I mean, he's about six five. Um, one, he had a one point six seven ten yard split, which for a D tackle his size is just absolutely insane. That was on that was on this morning, right? That was a defensive yes. morning. Okay. So, which is crazy is for the last couple of years you've always seen NFL scouts say like, oh, next Aaron Donald. He's the closest person to him that we have seen coming out. I remember last year was like Taven Bryant, like undersized guy out of Florida, went to Jacksonville at 29, didn't do anything. I mean, you see a couple guys kind of like the Derek Barnett, like guys who go mid, Taco Charles, another guy, kind of like a tweener, but could play inside. And that's kind of what Donald is, except Donald's just such a monster with his like speed and power. And I think Quinn Williams is a perfect name just like him. I mean, Montez Sweat, uh, 6'5". 260, I believe, 442, 40-yard dash, which is, for his size, he's faster than Odell. I mean, that shows for D-line, imagine pairing up against Miles Garrett and Ovin Joby. All right, well, I just want to point out that DJ Metcalf, you know, bench pressed 27 times, yeah. which, you know, that's unbelievable just in general. All right, so I want to give a shout-out to the plain dealer right here. I, I brought a little news article in. All right, so it talks about every year since about – Eh, 2004, how the Browns have screwed up right now. You want to give me your own? I just out of the hat. Just one that I can since think 2004. Of right off the bat. Yep. Just think of a year between 2004 to 2019. Um, I mean, we can start with the quarterbacks right off the bat. Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz. So it was really weird with the Watson. Was the Watson one who came first, or was it Wentz? I think it was Wentz, right? It went Wentz, and then the fourth was the. Uh, Texans, yep. So the Wentz one was, a, I think, a colossal failure. I think you can clearly say it. Because Baker is good. I feel like Wentz is kind of like maybe they'll be similar players. Not in their skill set, but how great their accomplishments can be. But what we had, we had number two. We traded down with... The Saints, didn't we? No, well, we traded. That was the Texans. Two, we traded down with the Eagles. Yes. And then with their pick, they trade they trade up with someone. They got Gaul or Wentz... The- that draft. Well, so he, we had we took Corey Coleman with a pick who just was completely awful. He's on the Giants. That's gonna be a draft bust right there. Yeah, one of our biggest ones in recent memory. Well, here I'm looking at the paper right now, and a quote by uh, former Pooh Jackson: "We will come out of this con- come out of this draft with a quarterback. I guarantee you that." Jackson says, "Now where it's going to now where it's going to be? Everybody wants me to say it's a second pick. Well, it could be. It could be. It could not be golf. The comics um, picks." Hugh Jackson had a lot of confidence. He's a great coach, a great offensive coordinator, and a great quarterback guy. The Browns trade out of the number two spot and do wind up with a quarterback, as promised. Third-round quarterback Cody Kessler out of UC, USC. 
it was weird too because once we thought out of at least for me, we trade out number two because there's rumors of quarterback every year for the Browns. Paxton Lynch was up, so I thought for a long time, oh, we're going to get Paxton Lynch. Obviously, thankfully we didn't take him because he just did nothing in his career. He was from Memphis. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. He went to the Broncos right after they won the Super Bowl. So I mean, they, it was kind of better we did take Cody Kessler in the third round instead of taking one up high because those were the only two quarterbacks, went one and two that ended up being good. Um, one I really noticed is the Tyron Matthew. We took or Tyron Matthew missed all of his like original rookie year, be, or uh, last year in college because he was suspended for marijuana. Fell to the third round. So then um, we took a cornerback out of San Diego State, and then right after it was Tyron Matthew, which is just one of those picks where the Browns had taken risks on players before. But it's kind of saying for like all of that, why didn't we take Tyron Matthew? Because he was one of the few that actually did do really well. You know who we picked with that pick? Oh. Leon and McFadden. That was bad. So well, you do know out of San Diego State who came out of that school, right? Back in I don't know, I think in nineteen seventy five, seventy four. I'm not quarterback Brian Sipe, who was quarterback of the Cardiac Kids, nineteen eighty, won the NFL MVP, threw for about four thousand yards and thirty five touchdowns. Glory days. Oh yeah. Well, I'm looking. At, I'm reading this paper over here, and I'm looking at the quarterbacks we passed on: Rivers, Roethlisberger in two thousand four, two thousand five, mm-hmm. Alex Smith and Aaron Rodgers. Two thousand seven, we had. Brady Quinn and uh, we took Brady Derek Quinn after Anderson. Joe Thomas, right? Yep, this is, we had Brady Quinn, Joe Thomas, and there we really didn't need a quarterback. And then 2008, Joe Flacco, and I want to point out that or that wasn't that year. And then 2009, there were talks about Sanchez, and there were talk of trade of Brady Quinn. Brian Hoyer was in that draft. And the Browns traded the number five pick to the Jets, who picked Sanchez, who didn't and don't select a quarterback. 2010, Mike Holmgren, you know, talking about it, talking about bringing Jimmy Clausen. And maybe talks about Tim Tebow, but they end up picking Colt McCoy. 2011, they have Colt McCoy, so they don't take a quarterback. But, you know, in that draft, there weren't that many. That was Jake Locker, no. Christian Ponder, and Blaine Gabbert. Yeah. 2012, they draft the infamous Johnny Manziel, which, you know, or no, 2012 was Trent Richardson. Wow. Oh, my God. Number three overall. Yep. Oh, and then we picked Brandon Whedon in there. Or, Dude, Birmingham Iron MVP right there, Trent Richardson. <laughs> At least you keep making those checks, Trent. Yep. 2013, the Browns, oh my god. In a week, quarterback got the Browns look at potential veterans like Alex Smith and Matt Moore and Matt Flynn as competition for Whedon from Joe Banner, CEO at the time. The Browns checked prospects like Geno Smith and EJ Manuel, but signed Jason Campbell. I didn't think Jason Campbell was that bad at the time. No. With, the, with picks at 4-26 in 2014, the Browns, who at that time were new head, head uh, coached by new head coach, defensive mind, and Matt, uh, Mike Pettin. Yep. And Ray Farmer at uh, GM, they drafted, uh, I don't know, Johnny Manziel. What's so bad about that one is there was good quarterbacks oh, still on the board, like Derek Hold Hold on, let me get to this. Let me get to this. The Browns do run Manziel, but they also could have drafted Blake Bortles, Jimmy Grapple, Derek Carr, Teddy Bridgewater, and... <laughs> Man, that's embarrassing to look at. Even Bortles was, like, obviously he's going to be a backup now. He had, like, one or two good years. Like, any other quarterback in that draft would have been great. Here's a, here's a trade that I didn't know about, which I think I did at the time. 2015, knowing the Browns can't rely on Manziel, the Browns offer their second first round their second first round pick, number 19, to the Rams for Sam Bradford. That doesn't work, and Petten says the Browns. The Browns are looking for a starting quarterback at Free Agency, and they signed Josh McCown. 
Number then enters trade number twelve and number nineteen to move up. Number two takes. Ooh, Mariota was in that draft. Wow. At uh, number two, he wants to two yeah, to the Titans. Winston went one to the Bucks. Bucks yep. Dante Fowler went three. He was a huge bust coming out. Because even before we ever played a game towards ACL. Because Jacksonville is kind of like the Philadelphia 76ers of the NFL. Like, they always get prospects that are, like, super good. You're thinking, like, oh, Miles Jack, Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey is probably the best corner in the league. Big locker room cancer. Miles Jack's actually been a really good pick for them at the second round. Because I remember going to the draft, they were debating heavily. Jalen Ramsey or Miles Jack. They got both of them. That's one of the best drafts I can think of a long time for a team to get two super high-caliber players. Another one like that is this year's Colts. Where they got Quinn Nelson and Darius Slender, who's God. How about last year, like, you know, Baker Mayfield and Denzel Ward? Yeah, just imagine how easily <laughs> we could have messed that up. Because well, I think it wasn't close, or it wasn't super far away that we could have drafted well, you Donald said, and Chubb. You want to mess that up? Hey, no haters loud in here, man. No haters loud in here. I'm, not, I'm just saying it was close. We could have messed it up. This was one of the few drafts we did it. But, I mean, I think going into, like, a month or two before the draft, do you really think the Browns were like, no matter what, we're taking Baker and Denzel? I don't know if they did. Thankfully, they did. Remember but. we were looking for things out of Berea? Like, with Hugh Jackson, like, everything would slip and, like, Mike Patton. And we'd hear it out of Berea before they had even a press conference. Mm-hmm. And what was really going to happen? Yeah. So Ho- Hopefully the Browns score well in the draft. Speaking about scores, we're going to give you a score update here. All right, your MLB scores. We have the Tigers losing to the Yankees, 6-1, to one, the bottom of the fifth. The Twins are winning 3-2 to two over the Red Sox in the bottom of the fifth. Marlins are getting smacked 4-0 to zero by the Braves in the bottom of the fourth. The Astros are in a tight game, two to, tied 2-2 two, two with the Nationals in the bottom of the third. The Mets are tied 3-3 three, three with the Cardinals in the bottom of the fourth. The Pirates are losing 4-0 to zero to the Rays in the bottom of the third. The Phillies are... Which now have Bryce Harper. Yep, we'll talk about him later. Are uh, winning two nothing against the Twins in the bottom of the fourth, and the Yankees are winning two to one in the bottom of the fourth. Co- going to the ba- college basketball, we have last night's scores: Kansas beating Oklahoma State seventy two sixty seven, LSU beating Alabama seventy four sixty nine, Virginia winning heavily over Pitt. 73-49. Ohio State losing 86-51 to Purdue. I know that stings you a lot. Yep. Tennessee uh, blowing out Kentucky 71-52. Miami, Florida losing to Blue Dew Devils, who a lot of people have them picked to win, win the whole thing. Yep, 87-57. UCF 69 over number 8. Houston 64 upset alert. Rutgers, who not ranked at the time, I remember they beat the Buckeyes too. One eighty-six to seventy-two over number twenty-two ranked Iowa. UNC wins eighty-one to seventy-nine over U, uh, Clemson. Nevada is upset by Utah State eighty-one seventy-six, and Michigan State lost to Indiana sixty-three sixty-two with no time on the clock. They threw up a shot, didn't work. Michigan State was ranked six at the time. Indiana might be a sleeper team. You're gonna have to figure out later in the podcast. Yep. So, you have a story about Kyler Murray, about rumors you're hearing, so what do you like to say about that? Alright, so, from my sources, which so far have been Adam Schefter and other sources I... Albert Breer's been a big one in this thing, too. So, they have that Kyler Murray knows he's going to be drafted 
by the Cardinals, which I don't think that's going to go well because they have Josh Rosen, which I think they should at least develop him. Plus, there's Nick Bosa on the board, which he's I think he was a clear number one pick. Yeah. Then I don't I could see why they don't want to do that or they want to draft him though because he's such an athlete. Like you don't he's a, maybe one of the most interesting prospects to come out ever. He reminds me of Russell Wilson. I mean, those are the things you hear, but what's the likelihood he would become Russell Wilson or better? I think that's what you have to discuss, because they have the number one pick. They just took Josh Rosen. So one thing I think would be interesting, say Kyler Murray, he couldn't last year, but if he did go out, I'd say he'd probably be, like, and of course you'd have to assume he had the year he had in college the year before. I'd say he would probably be the fifth quarterback taken if he was just plugged into last year. So you're saying he'd be behind Baker Mayfield? I'd say he'd be behind Baker... Allen, yeah, Baker, Allen, Darnold, probably even Rosen coming out, which is the person you're trying to replace. Well, no, wouldn't Rosen? They would have a debate there at 10 because they traded but up they for Rosen too, didn't they? they didn't have uh, Kingsbury at the time. Ooh, okay. So that's what's really setting in motion because obviously Kingsbury said, if I had the number one pick, I would take Howard Murray. Before, I don't even think he could have been thinking about having the number one pick actually having a say in it because he just got fired from Texas Tech going up or uh, USC to be offensive coordinator. So he wasn't even thinking about it. But now with the new coaching staff, like Kyler is the perfect player to fit in his system. So I think it'll really depend on how much power he actually has in the say. Because if he did have the number one pick, I really do believe he would choose Kyler. Because Josh Rosen did not have a good rookie year at all. They went. They went three and thirteen. The Browns actually hired their. Uh, I think it was their head coach as the defense coordinator, right? Yep, Steve Wilkes. Well, speaking about Kyle Murray, he could have decided to play baseball because he was drafted in the first round by the A's, right? Yep, number seven or eight overall. I would have signed baseball because the money's guaranteed. Speaking about guaranteed money, did you see? Did you see the size of Bryce Harper's contract? Holy thirteen cow. years, three hundred thirty million, no trade clause. I mean. It instantly moves Philly as a contender because I saw they went from I think twelve the one to eight the one to win the World Series and went from like eight the one the four to one for them to win the I believe NL pennant or AL pennant I'm not really sure but let's go back to that one thing you mentioned earlier Kyler Murray baseball over football so are you a baseball thing you think you should have picked baseball if you're looking at you know. His future-wise, I would have signed baseball because the money is guaranteed over football, plus it's yeah. less physical. Yeah. So that's what I would have gone Let's with. have a little debate about this because I'm actually pro football. So here's what my reasoning is. A player just talked about, Bryce Harper, for how amazing he was coming out and how awful the Nationals were when they drafted him, he played, I think, 160 minor league games. He played like a year and slightly into one after. Bryce Harper. Let's be clear here. Howard Murray's not as good as Bryce Harper. He's one of the gener- Harper's one of the best talents to ever come into the league. What position does Kyle Murray play anyway? He plays outfield. Okay. But the thing is, you see all the people that get contracts, everyone thinks like, oh, guaranteed, $300 million contracts. Players that get that, big power hitters. That's not what Kyler Murray is. He's a 5'10", 2'10". Harper's like, I believe around like 6'3", 225". So like, not a huge difference, but he can like hit power and that's what gets contracts see John Carlos Stanson Alex Rodriguez Bryce Harper now these are the players that get these type of contracts could Kyler Murray get that money yeah I think he can get it faster in the ML or in the NFL because he won't have to spend two years of his career just playing minor league baseball he could instantly go to the NFL has potentially the number one overall pick gets 
because first round contracts fully guarantee, especially at quarterback number one pick. Because Baker got around twenty five million, and he was the number one pick. So you get twenty five million guaranteed. You get four years. And NFL quarterback contracts are equally as good because you don't have to play one hundred sixty some games. You only have to play sixteen. So I think it's obvious that he should. And then plus, quarterbacks are now getting paid in the two hundred million range, which is around a hundred less than baseball. So. I really think he should. What do you think about the baseball after hearing that? I like baseball because, you know, it's less physical on your body. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot more times to play, so you can, like, you know, you'll be on TV more, which means more, con- not more contracts, but, like, more, si- more like, advertisements and stuff like that. Yeah. Plus, it doesn't, plus it doesn't matter with, you know, the, how much the contract is. All that's guaranteed. Like... But right now he has a five. He has, makes around five million for four years. That doesn't start taking like account until after he makes the MLB. So I really don't think you can consider, you know, baseball until he makes it because he'll be. Let's see, right now about twenty one, twenty two. He'll probably be around twenty seven, twenty eight after he makes it to MLB. Four years run out. Then he has to get a big contract. Well, they would they would sign it. They would sign him just like they would with Lindor. They sign him to a seven year deal, and they would have no arbitrary. Before he's already done with his regular contract. Yep. Why would he sign that though when he can just go them or NFL and make just as more with being instant starter? Dude, imagine if he ended up doing what Brandon Whedon did, but flipped it. Like remember when Brandon Whedon went and played baseball and he came yeah. back in the NFL draft? That's another thing I'm saying. Why would you not choose football? Because there's really no. I mean, you can. There's baseball players that can, they do flip flop. If you play in the NFL and then go play baseball, you know that's normal. There's a lot of athletes that do do that, and there's also athletes that play baseball then play NFL. Brandon Whedon is an example of that. What do you, you really think a team would want to take a 26, 27 year old Kyler Murray because he's not big? What he relies on is, is athleticism, and if. He gets older. He'll still probably have it then. But how much longer will he really have it being super athletic? Do you want me to be for real on, you know, what you just asked me about taking a uh, 30, 30-year-old quarterback, you just said, in the draft who played baseball? Whedon was like 27. Whedon, there you go. Which, you know, no one like no one liked Brandon Whedon at all. No one. Yeah, I mean. So, I don't. Still, it's I, the thing. I, like, yeah. the Brown, of course, the Browns. Took a 27, 28-year-old quarterback. But Brandon Wheaton was big. He had a big arm. Tyler Murray's a Russell Wilson. Would you, you really think a 20-year-old Russell Wilson would be really good in the NFL? I mean, obviously he is now, but coming out without learning after like one of the best head coaches of all time. What do you think about that? Sorry, what would you say? I'm laughing at uh, Bryce. I would say... Sorry, we got... We got uh, we got a special guest here, Bryce Moyer again. Yeah. How you doing today, Bryce? Good. Thanks for having me. Would you choose MLB or NFL if you were Kyler Murray? I'd go to the NFL. How come? Um, I, I just find it more interesting, and I feel like he'll do better in the NFL because he has a bigger fan base for the NFL. Yeah. And uh, I just feel like he's a better fit for the NFL than the MLB. Not only will he make more money immediately playing NFL – he will instantly make more advertising. You're telling me Nike, Under Armour, Adidas, one of them aren't going to sign him to a monster contract if he's supposed to be a Russell Wilson-like Vic type player. I mean, I think he would instantly. I just want to point out, in his uh, 
comments right there. Bryce never said anything about money, which that like occurred to me because that took both of what we were talking about out. Yeah. Besides money, what do you see? I'll ask both of you, Owen and Bryce, mm-hmm. about picking one over the other besides money. I mean, obviously, I think he has to like playing football because he would. I mean, he was eighth overall pick. He would just play baseball if he didn't have a love for playing football. He played his whole year, won the Heisman, fantastic year. So I think he wouldn't be pursuing NFL this much if he was fully invested into baseball. So yeah, I, I think he has more potential in the NFL because he he'll probably be in the minors for a little bit, possibly if he goes to the MLB. Yeah, and it's almost guaranteed. Yeah, he'll probably start in the NFL immediately or within a year or two. I mean, yeah, especially if he goes to because let's look at some options for him. Cardinals number one. That's an instant possibility. 49ers, Jets, Raiders, those are three teams I don't really see him going to, even though the Raiders have been kind of like rumored. They've been rumored for almost every person coming into the draft because who knows what Mike Mayock's going to do. Buccaneers, Dude, I think... he's like the new Al Davis. Who? You, you, you never... Mike Mayock, you don't know what the hell's going on. I mean, Al Davis would... If Al Davis, Al Davis a, had no he was a pick, bad, he'd take DK back He was a badass, not going to lie. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, I mean, Buccaneers, I think it's, I don't think it's a fit, because the offense that Bruce Arians always ran never really fit well with, like, a mobile quarterback. Giants at six and Jags at seven. Those are too interesting, because the Giants keep trying to deny as much as possible, oh, we're not taking quarterback, we're sticking with Eli, but everyone knows they're going to try to take a quarterback. Dwayne Haskins! Sorry, I just wanted to voice my opinion and see, you know, I thought he would... That's where I think you'll end up. Well, I saw some rumors today that the Jaguars are probably going to sign Nick Foles when the new season starts. And yeah. the March 13th, just point that out and there. And that the Cardinals are likely looking at taking Kyler Murray's number one possibility. Yeah. Yep, yep we were talking we about after that, that, Lions, they're not taking a quarterback. They got Stafford. Broncos, they could. I don't really see it after the Flacco trade. And then, after that, Bengals could take quarterback. Packers don't need to. Dolphins have been the wild card every year, especially last year. And you report they're like, oh, are the Dolphins going to take a quarterback? Because they always land around, like, the early teens. That's where they always get slotted. They'll go 7-9, 6-10, 8-8. Eight Something like that every year. Falcons don't need quarterback. Washington desperately needs a quarterback. Are they? you think they're in the running? Sorry, side note. Do you think they're in the running for Nick Foles? I don't think they can. I don't think they have the money to do it. Because yeah. you're paying... $25 million a year to Alex Smith, who can't even play for you. They <laughs> Sorry, said, I shouldn't laugh at that. Alex, hope you get better, my bad. I mean, Cole McCoy, they said, is going to be the starter. No way, are you serious? They said it, that Cole, they plan on moving on with Cole McCoy for playing next year. They'll probably bring someone else in, but... Sorry, I was a huge Colt McCoy fan when he was here in Cleveland. He silently had an incredible career. He's played like probably like once or twice every single year just because Kirk Cousins would get banged up or Robert Griffin III. But he's made so much money doing nothing. He can just sit on the bench, and he's been with Washington ever since he left Cleveland. I get to see Kyler Murray in Washington, maybe the Bengals or the Cardinals. I don't know. If the, I don't know. I feel like for Washington, it could remind them way too much of RG3. Because RG3 would have worked if it wasn't for all the injuries and not getting along with Shanahan. But, I don't know, it just seems like such a similar situation to what they were previously in. And then Panthers, and then Browns, and that's obviously past. If he gets a... There's really no team past that that will be interested in taking quarterbacks until maybe the Raiders, 
And then after that, it would be like Chargers, Patriots, teams that are looking for replacements for their quarterbacks down the line. Which, if that happens, brings up a huge question. Would Kyler rather wait two years in the NFL, or would he rather wait two years and play in the minors until he gets to MLB? So I think that could be a storyline. If Kyler falls, how long is if he has to wait? Which Because it has to be a toss-up, then, what he just wants more. Yeah, about the Chargers and the Patriots, one of them might draft a backup quarterback this year for the future. I, I could see one of them drafting Drew Locke if he falls that far. Because he's yeah. kind of like Philip Rivers a little bit, and he is a little bit like Tom Brady. I just, for me, I think Haskins, 1A. And then I think Kyler's, one like, 1A-B, if that makes sense. I think he's like... Kyler and Dwayne way up here. Then a huge drop down. Then it's Drew Locke, Daniel Jones, Will Greer. I saw one mock draft. I believe it was Peter Schrager of NFL Network. Had Will Greer going 28 to the Chargers. Which, I mean, the Chargers probably had the best roster in the league besides the Eagles. But I don't know if they can even manage to have take Will Greer in a first-round prospect because, like, no one's been thinking that. Speaking about prospects, the only reason that, you know, because RG3 came out as a huge prospect out of yeah. Baylor, I want to point out, the only reason that he really got ruined is because of Mike Shanahan. Because like, against a game and against the Seahawks that he kept playing with that knee injury, I wouldn't have played him. Yeah. But he didn't want to play even though he knew he was hurt. That's the coaching decision. You shouldn't have played him. The organization should have told Probably, him no. Probably, but he had the choice to not play himself too. It, it was partly both because after his well, after he got injured his rookie year, RG3 went and stayed. He wanted to be more of a pocket-passing quarterback. And then I saw an interview with, it was not Kyle, what is the Shanahan? The Mike. One? Mike. Mike Shanahan. I believe he went on NFL Network guy. Runs the 50 yard at Rich Eisen. Rich Eisen. Yeah. The he Rich went, Eisen zone. Oh, yeah, I saw that. He went on and said he wanted to try to do that with RG3, but he wanted to slowly make it. So, like, he'd still run while he was wearing the pass to try to keep the defense off guard, and then he kind of, like, slowly transitioned into a pocket passing quarterback. But I guess RG3 just won, like, immediately, which he didn't think he was ready for. Do you remember he was in the uh, on the third on the depth chart, too, because he fell there, and then he fell to Cleveland? Safety. No. They no. put him at safety for this <laughs> team. Yeah, God, I can't so, believe yeah, that. I watched the video. I didn't watch the whole thing, but didn't Shanahan say it was partially his fault? I can't remember. He said it was, like, he could have used it differently, but he said it was RG3's, like, unwillingness to transition. He was an asshole in the locker room, too. I heard about that. Yeah, it was kind of, the writing was on the wall from the beginning because they treated away three first-round picks. So the goal up and take RG3. The fourth round, they took Kirk Cousins. So they went, traded everything for a franchise quarterback and immediately took another How does that end up with them right now? How's that really helping them? What do you mean by that? Not very good. There it is. Because RG3's done, pretty much. Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, that whole draft was... God bless Dan Snyder, GM of the... Uh, Redskins, he always tries to write the big check to help him out, but man, do they have so many. They have one of the most interesting things going on with their team, because obviously it's huge derailed because of Alex Smith injury, but on defense. Because you see the NFL, a lot of players coming out, like Garrett coming out, Montrez Sweat, all these D-linemen, undersized, like tweeners as people call it, like around 260 to 280, Evan, they're big. But mainly just to rush the passer, so... You kind of see, like, the Redskins, they're going big, 
physical, like 6'7", 6'8", 300 plus pounds. Because they went in the last two drafts, they took two Alabama D tackles. They went Jonathan Allen, who fell, one of the biggest fallers. And then Deron Payne, number 12 overall last year. So they're going completely opposite because the NFL is going like smaller and quicker. And they're going bigger and stronger, which is, I think, going to be really interesting to see once they finally get a quarterback, fix the offense, maybe get a new coach because I don't think. What's the Gruden's brother's name? Jay. Jay Gruden. What, I think maybe to get rid of him. That, it's going to be a really interesting team to watch in the future. Yeah, I, I hope they keep HaHa Clinton Dix because him on that team, plus what they already have, and maybe they add another piece or something to that defense. Yeah. And if you get Alex Smith back in a few years or draft a quarterback, that team has a lot of potential to make a playoff run. What was really weird is a DJ Swearinger because it came out of nowhere. Like He said he wanted to, like, he insulted the coach, which I understand mm-hmm. that's a reason to be cut, but for a player of his caliber, Pro Bowl or just get cut like that was just super weird. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't trade him. I mean, huge gift for the Cardinals. That's the one thing the Cardinals have maybe the best at is safety depth because they have Buda Baker, partly play him on. Trey Boston, maybe the best free signing last year. Mm -hmm. One year, like $1 million. And he was a borderline Pro Bowl. He had a fantastic year. That's where you're in there. Don't they have Tony Jefferson too, or is that the Ravens? That's the Ravens. Ravens Ravens signed him last offseason. Yeah, because I remember the Browns are in contract talks with him. Yeah, so we'll go. We got about two more things. So let's talk about the Indians. So with the Harper deal, it's likely Windor and Ramirez are going to get something similar. We obviously can't afford both of them, if one of them. So would you be thinking about, hey, after this year, do we potentially trade Lindor and Ramirez if we're not going to sign them? Um. Well, that's a tough question, but in my opinion, you trade. Uh, Ramirez, I'd say, because I would he, keep Francisco. It's hard to go against Francisco just because yeah, what he does he, for the city. Yeah, he's yeah. a fan favorite. He's the best player on the team by far at his position. If you think about Kluber, he's still really good too. But yeah, um, I think you should try to keep your best player and re or resign him to a huge deal. Yeah, even though it's gonna be a lot of money, you could trade Ramirez and get a ton of prospects back that you traded for other players this past season or two seasons ago to try to make your playoff run that didn't work out. Because here's the thing. like After this year, I think it's kind of known, the Indians window, if it's not already close, this is the last year they yeah, have a chance. for sure. So why would you want to keep Lindor and uh, Jose if you're just going to lose? So why don't you try to trade one of them? Because think about this. Say we trade both of them. Imagine how good our prospects could be. Because the Padres, they have 10 of the top hundred prospects. Like they have the best farm system almost in like the last decade. Used to be Cleveland, sorry. Until we traded everybody away. Yeah, but we almost won the World Series with it. So I'm saying we could rebuild <laughs> Yeah, we could do the we same could thing. Rebuild the whole farm system. That's how we got the World Series a few years ago. Not gonna lie, I'm through the wild card here. I think the Indians should trade uh, Francisco Lindor. I think he has more value than uh, Jose Ramirez. And that's good. that hurts me to say that because you know he's such a great guy and so much. Would you rather sign him? or Jose events to the big deal? I think you trade. Ideally, you I, I think I think someone. I think you I think you trade both and go out for free agency. I think Jose's good, but he's not worth like three hundred million. Yeah, there's. No, I don't think. I think Lindor has to be though. Yeah, if you resign more, he's gonna have more trade value though. I would do. I would trade everyone just to keep like keep cap as low as possible just to get Lindor and then go from Dolan there. twins are really cheap too. They are super uh, cheap. I would probably trade Bauer and Kluber if I was them too. Thank you. That's what I've been saying. One of them has to go because you can get a lot of prospects back for them. And if they don't try to 
win like this year, which they probably won't be able to, even though their division is pretty weak. They're going to be in some trouble in the future. Yeah. So Nick, do you want to wrap up with some NCAA talk? All right. Speaking about things in March, March Madness is on its way. And about well, first off, we've talked about there are teams that you know won't make it, but they still have a slim chance at the conference tournaments because you get automatic bids. Here are the dates uh, that you might want to keep watch on. The American East, which is the highest seed host, quarterfinals start March 9th. The American Athletic Division starts March 14th. Athletic 10 starts March 13th. Atlantic Coast starts March 12th. The American Sun League starts March 4th, which is tomorrow, by the way. I'm going to keep that one out. The Big 12 starts March 13th. The Big East starts March 13th. The Big Sky starts March 13th. March 5th, the Big South starts. Your mighty Big Ten starts March 13th. Good luck to your Buckeyes. Yep. Speaking about that, I think a sleeper pick on there is going to be um, who can make the tournament a low seed, Indiana. Just calling that now. Right now. Putting it down. Big West starts March 14th. Colonial Athletics starts March 9th. Conference USA starts March 13th. The Horizon League starts March 5th slash 6th. My mighty Cleveland State Vikings will not be going this year. The Ivy League, but that's just the semifinals, and they're screwed weirdly. March 16th. The Metro Athletic, Co- Athletic Conference, March 7th. The Mid-American, March 11th. Mid-Eastern Athletic, March 11th and 12th. Missouri Valley, March 7th. Mountain West, March 13th. Northeast, March 6th. Ohio Valley, March 6th. Pac-12, March 13th. Patriot League, March 5th, which is in two days. Southeastern in March 13th. The su- I really could have just said that was SEC, but I feel stupid now. The Southern is March 8th. Southland, March 13th. South Atlantic, March 12th. Summit League, March 9th-10th. The Sun Belt, March 12th. West Coast, March 7th. And Western Athletic, March 14th. So hopefully, good luck to all those teams that will need automatic bid who are not ranked. Always oh, for the uh, underdog. Talking about uh, college basketball, this morning I saw there was a, almost a fight between a Nevada player. Nevada made the tournament last year, and they made a run, I think. He, there was a Nevada player who almost got in a fight with a Utah coach. I don't know much about it, but... Just the people out there. So, I got one for you, Nick. You were a part of Avon's high school team last year. They were a top 50 high school team all the country last year. You guys did incredible. Do you notice something about the locker room, what you guys felt in there? And do you think it's something similar to, like, how the Browns are changing? Oh, yeah. Our, we had a real... We didn't know. We knew because we have a long tradition of being good, which the Cleveland Browns used to have, not for the past, I don't know, 20 years, but... Um, there was a lot of camaraderie. We're all brothers. We all fight for each other, and it's a very fun atmosphere to be around. You saw that this year when they had yeah. Freddie Kitchens. And they were jumping in the locker room, even with Greg Williams. They were jumping around. Hugh Jackson. It was like, it was like we will win. Like, no, like really, no one wants to no play for that. Yes, thank you. So that's what you think? <laughs> oh yeah, it's so contagious because the more loose you play, the more, you know, fun it'll be. The, like the more you'll have more fun playing, but you won't you won't want to let your brother down more. So. Let's end it off right here. So let's do Browns game stories. So what's your favorite game or, like, moment from a game you guys have experienced? Nick, let's start off with you. Ooh, I want one of you two to go first because oh. as an 18-year as an season ticket holder, I want to go last. And I got one more question. Actually, can I ask you another question before that? Yeah. All right, so with the – because the Browns have the 17th pick mm-hmm. as of right now. 
Oh boy, on the spot. Just because of the draft combine. With the 17th pick. Who are the Browns selecting? I gotta go DK Metcalf. I really, I think it's a really possible pick for us because let's go back to draft order. Number one, Cardinals not taking receiver. 49ers not taking receiver. Jets. For, you're the only two teams that I really think could take it ahead of us. It's the Raiders at four just because you have no clue what the Raiders are going to do. It's been that for forever. And then the Bills at nine, they may want to give Ellen a target, which I think is really possible. But if you look at teams in between them and the Browns, it's Bucks, Giants, Jags, Lions, Broncos, Packers don't really need. Dolphins may have one of the best receiving cores all around in the league. Falcons just took receiver. Washington has way bigger needs. Panthers just took receiver. Then it's the Browns. We do need a receiver, despite us talking about Rashad Perriman re-signing him, which we'll probably talk about a bit more next week once, because we'll probably have more combine stories, more NFL draft leagues, more, more signings. Yeah. So I would say, yeah, right before that, probably, I mean, I go with the Browns. What about you guys for like, DK Metcalf? I, I I'm still, yeah, I like DK. I think, we, I think everybody at this point is really high on DK Metcalf. But I still think that we don't need to go out and go out of our way to draft the receiver. But, like, I think, like, they were, the Browns are talking about Jamie Collins. I saw that today. John Dorsey's talking, con, not talking contract, yeah. but they're talking with his agent at least. I don't think they're going to get a deal done because he wants so much money. Plus, he, he's not that good of a veteran. I was kind of on, like, the first for both. I was a big person saying when the Browns got Jamie Collins for a fourth-round pick, I was ecstatic. I thought it was, you know, a fantastic trade. And then once we signed him, I was kind of the first. You can ask Bryce forever since we signed him to that contract. I was like, dude, we have to get rid of Jamie Collins. He's not worth it at all. Yeah, if I were the Browns, if DK Metcalf is there, I'd, I'd take him because he's stronger than Khalil Mack. And he's built just like Julio Jones, but strong. Do you think stronger than Khalil Mack a receiver? Yeah, he, a receiver is stronger than Khalil Mack. Are you, are you basing off, like, the benches they did? Yeah. He, he did a lot more bench presses, I'm pretty sure, than Khalil Mack. He's built just like Julio Jones, has a great yeah. vertical. Uh, I think the Browns should take him. And if they do take him, I think they should trade Perryman. Because one of them is not going to play, and they're probably going to get Higgins back, too. They so so, someone's not going to play. They haven't signed Perryman back to a contract. I know, they but talk, there's they, a lot of rumors. They're though. probably going So I would there. say we have to cut Collins just so that we could get rid of we can go bigger in free agency. So back to the thing, Brown stories ended off. I would say number one, I'd say it has to be the Jets game or the Chargers game that we started and ended the streak with. Because I'll talk about Wolf real quick. So the Chargers game, I think it was like four degrees. It was freezing cold. That game cold. was freezing cold. I sat right next to the Browns tunnel. Uh, my cousin Matt from Florida caught RG3's hand warmer when he came into the locker room. That's really worth it now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was for, <laughs> for a long time, it was the only real thing of value. So, yeah, I would say that just because the game was so pathetic to see him. Plus, you were on 14 at the time. It was Christmas Eve, so you were thinking, let's get I think it was on 15, actually. This was the 16th game. Because then after we won, I think we got destroyed by the Steelers or something like normal. But... It's only 16 games uh, in the season, I'd bro. I'd say probably, oh. for me, it'd be the, the Jets game. Because one the Browns beat the Jets on Monday night football. After the game and during the game, it was... It was e- Thursday. Yeah, it was Thursday. Oh, I'm sorry. Thursday. It was equivalent to the Cavs parade. No yeah. joke. It, it was huge. It was so loud and there were so many people there. I've never seen the stadium that packed. 
since I've been going to Browns games for years. Yeah, it was, was it a complete sellout? I believe it I was. I think it was. It was a great game. Like, they were down, and they came back, and people were chanting Baker's name the whole game. Yeah. But you than, could see as soon as Tyron went out, whole momentum changed. Oh, the yeah, for The sure. whole city, to be really but honest. Other than that, I, I wouldn't pick a game. I'd pick the streak after Hugh Jackson got fired where the Browns started winning yeah. a lot of games. I'd say that was one of the best Browns moments when they started winning after they fired Hugh Jackson. I'm going to throw a little side note here. My favorite game, you know, first off, I'm going to go two games, and yes, they were both losses. It was Josh Gordon's streak against the Jaguars, which it was freezing cold in that game and snowing, yeah. and the next week it was raining and we were playing Pittsburgh. Yeah. Just because, like, you know, like, I didn't go to the Jets game because, you know, Bryce got to go because we I'm a season ticket holder for 18 years now. And, uh, but I went to the uh, Chargers game. Man, that game was good. But I don't think there's, there was a lot of losing for many years, and I think yeah. that was good. I would say one I remember is the Redskins. When the Redskins already locked up playoff spot, this was Kirk Cousins before Kirk Cousins was known. So this is, like, his first ever game starting. I we were getting absolutely destroyed. I remember I would say was just, that the game, was that the game RJ three went down and was injured. No, he didn't even start because he was injured. Okay, then yep, I know what you're talking about. I was there too. That was yep. Um, so I would say just to watch Josh Gordon, and then like the next play, he busts out like a sixty five yard like touchdown, like just go around. He just burned everyone. So yeah, I'd say those are the best moments we've had. Just a brief one that I barely remember, but when the a very good one is when the Browns came back. Against the Titans to have the biggest comeback win, yeah. I believe it was, ever like, with Listen Josh against Cripp. Clipboard Jesus that week? Yeah. yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think Josh Cribbs was on the team at that time. So. I'm proud to say I saw the complete Charlie, or Charlie Whitehorse era in Cleveland with Valis Payne in 25 minutes, so saw the whole era. Oh. <laughs> Alright, well, that's a lot of nonsense we've been talking about. We'll see you next week. Uh, I'm Nick. I'm Owen. Over That's there, I'm Bryce. So, guess Bryce Moore. See you next week on Cleveland Sports Fan Networks.